Good morning podcast, welcome to the Pierre Tillambert show. I am your host Pierre and today we've got a special guest that you guys requested. His name is Craig Whitehead, he's a street photographer but he's more famously known as 6th Street Under on Instagram. So it's at 6th Street Under, all attached, you can find him. So before we dive right into it, make sure you check out his work so it gives you a little bit of context as to the discussion we're going to be having. There are a bunch of questions that I picked up from you guys. We're going to be diving into what kind of gear he's using, his philosophy around framing objects and people, how he feels about shooting people's faces because I think that's a big big topic in street photography, how to find creative compositions and much more. And guys, I think this episode is really relevant for any of us who also have a job on the side and don't, cannot dedicate 100% of our time to shooting. You will see this episode is going to be awesome. Now, before we dive right into it, I want to ask you guys, can you leave a review to the podcast on iTunes or Google Podcasts? Leave it a five star if you love it and make sure you leave a comment below and just, uh, just share with people why they should listen. And if you've got friends who like photography, please send them that podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps to get more and more awesome guests. Also, quick reminder, if you've got any question, you can use the Anchor.fm app and drop your question there as a voice message. I will include it in the next episode. With that being said, guys, let's get right into the meat of the topic and let's meet Craig. All right, Craig, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Thank you for taking the time, Craig. I have a lot of listeners who actually asked for you after the podcast with Sean Tucker because we're talking about street photography and a bunch of people asked, oh, can you get uh, Craig White Whitehead on the podcast, please? And this is exactly why I reached out to you. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time. And I'm very excited to have you here and hear everything about uh, your story. Good. Yeah, hopefully we can cover everything people are asking. <laughs> yes, hopefully. So um, guys, in case you don't know Craig, Craig, what is your handle on Instagram? Because that might be how people know you more. Yeah, I guess there's a there's a few accounts like that that kind of are known as a brand almost rather than their name. So my my handle is Six Street Under on Instagram. Awesome. And uh, well, if if you had to give me like the origin story of uh, how you started and where you are today, what mm. what would it be? Give me volume zero of um, your story. I guess I just sort of working a retail job got frustrated not doing anything creative anymore, and that's always been my background. Um, so I started just taking my camera to work with me and shooting on my lunch break. And that was, what, almost three years ago now. Um, started shooting every day probably two and a half years ago. And then, uh, yeah, started running workshops, uh, what, a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. So that's awesome. So you did, have you been like, are you like full-time now photographer? No, no. I mean, it, I'm probably 60-40 split still, I guess, sometime, well, early 60, next 40. year, the the plans that we kind of have for workshops and traveling and everything, I'm, I'm going to have to be full-time then. Yeah. But still, yeah, not yet. And and I have a question because um, that raise, raises my curiosity. Do you feel that keeping that uh, job that you had before, did the job become more interesting or do you feel that it actually makes the other part more interesting? Do you feel like it's a good balance or? It makes the day job harder. I guess, oh, does it? It, okay. yeah, because I kind of see where my value lies more now. Oh, and I feel like uh, someone else could do that. So mm -hmm. why am I not spending more of my time doing the thing that only, you know, less people can do the, the thing that 
that I can do that other people can't and have someone else do the thing that anyone else could do. It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit frustrating spending time there knowing that I have more value to offer in a different area. That's amazing. So it definitely brought you self-awareness towards what your true value is in this world. Yeah, I guess that kind of the more I've done stuff outside of the day job, the more drive I've had to, to push that further and, and make that more of my time. That's amazing. If, um, if you ever have time, there is not another episode with uh, someone called um, Collins. And uh, Collins kind of did the same thing. And I mean, he's still working full time, but he's shooting every day in New York City with his, uh, uh, with his camera. He literally always has it on him. And oh, is he's that started... Colin Ridgeway? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I chat to him sometimes. Oh, cool. Yeah, so he was in the podcast and we, we talked about that and how important it is for him to actually have that camera even when he goes to work every day and i i don't know about you and how you were before th those three years started but for me when i was going to work i usually left the camera at home and never really thought of mixing both for some reason yeah. uh it just didn't feel natural at the beginning that's that's the perfect thing about street that's why like whenever someone asks me why street it's because you don't have to do anything you just have to have a camera you, <laughs> whatever true. it is you could you know be someone you've got kids you're taking them somewhere and you don't have any specific time that you can dedicate to photography just carry the camera with you you might not get as many keepers but weird things happen all the time eventually something is going to happen that is true and and you literally have stories happening 24 7 around you yeah Even I mean, it's in great a small, if you, boring town. If you can dedicate the time and go out and, and find that stuff, that's, that's brilliant. You, it, but the, the only difference is going to be you'll have more shots. It doesn't mean you're not going to get any if you don't have time to dedicate. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see what you mean because a lot of people are really inspired by landscape photography or travel mm. photography. Um, and to a certain point, it's, it's actually really difficult uh, photography to do on your spare time. It's like yeah. it's... I mean, I don't know about you, but you're in the UK, so you're, you're most likely like me, where 4 p.m. it's dark. So yeah, uh, <laughs> right yeah, now it's like moment. landscape photography. You can't even go out of work early now. And you the only thing is that's handy for is the sort of lunch break shooting at the moment here. The sun's yeah. so low all the way through the day that mm -hmm. you know, if I go out on a 1, 1 p.m. lunch break, the sun's already low and kind of in the right position if there is sun. Yeah, it's just if yeah, there in is the summer, sun. you have the other problem that. <laughs> midday lunch break shooting the sun's completely overhead and a bit tricky to find something good yeah well it's almost like you have golden hour for lunch break <laughs> yeah yeah and then you get to night shoot on your way home because it's already dark so there there we go that's good and uh and when you mentioned it's really gray right now when we we're speaking before the podcast mm. just reminded me that on those days what i like to do and guys if you ever have that happen to you just go in the undergrounds Whenever the, the sky is terrible and the light is, is just ugly, just go play in undergrounds. It's always a good... Uh, yeah, you uh, have one. In internal spaces, there's always good architecture in, in big modern buildings, museums and things like that. It's always somewhere good to go. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I'm kind of curious, how do you approach your, your photos versus uh, the ones you take versus the one you post? I'm kind of curious on that. Do you, is, is there a big... Is there a huge split like many or is it fairly like I shoot one photo and I post it? Oh, no. I mean, I, uh, the, I guess the biggest problem for me is, is cutting down 
the shots I might have of one moment or one one frame. I might see something I like and take 50 shots and really like three or four or five of them. It, yeah. It's pairing that down to one because, hmm. you know, in a, in a sequence or uh, in a book, maybe I could put a couple in, but when someone's seen, even if it's completely different characters and a different situation going on in that same frame, you can't really post more than one unless you space it out over you know weeks or months so people kind of forget oh yeah that's yeah, that's, that's true you see it's a shame sometimes that you end up sort of throwing away one you really like just because there's another one that's slightly better it might be like one of your top 10 shots but the other version is your best shot so then the other one just gets thrown away do you um do you feel that, or do you even make use of those uh, the carousels on Instagram to try to tell stories? I'm, I'm kind of curious. Every now and then. I, I don't do it often, but it, it, it might be in those situations where I really, really do like two or three shots from the same spot and, and they're not different enough to space them out and post them. I might do it. Yeah, I might do the carousel. I'm asking because I kind of struggle with the same thing and that's what I mentioned on Instagram the other day where it's sometimes you're between series or you just don't know or you have like something that happened but over a few images that you really want to share but uh, we're constrained to a certain medium to share it with Instagram at least mm. and it, it's true it makes it difficult to to keep a consistent or like visually appealing feed um mm. with uh, those stories one be and plus the algorithm changed so people might see it in random orders nowadays oh yeah true yeah there's a few people make good use of it but then it's it's over time that they uh, so unconsciously shoot a series of something they realize two years down the line that they've got 10 shots that all have this same theme and then they'll do a carousel and, and put that together in a little series when you go out and shoot at, at lunch break do you do you have a theme in your head you're going for or are you just going like randomly and just uh when i say randomly it's more like are you just going with the flow of the situations i'm usually just going for where the light is uh, more than anything cambridge is quite uh, quite tight streets so you don't find that many spots that actually get lit up especially kind of this time of year if the sun's low there might only be three or four little pockets of light so oh, I okay. tend to make to try and be as productive as I can, try and make a kind of a route that will will go in between them. Um, but you never know what you find in between. I'm always open to to something really odd happening between spots like that. But I'll, I'll tend to just go and kind of work the the pockets of light while I have them. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. It's interesting. It's a good exercise uh, to to actually chase the light. And uh, at the end of the day, that's what photography is all about. That's what I keep telling people. Just understand the light, chase it, and, <laughs> yeah. and then you it, should be uh, guided by it. Being such a small town center, it's quite easy for... There's only really me and maybe a couple of other guys that, that shoot street in, in the city. So I tend to bump into them in exactly the same spots. Because at any time, you can stand, look up, see the direction of the light, and you know exactly which spots are lit up. Oh, okay. I see. That's interesting. So it's quite, it's was... pretty frequent. I'll sort of go around a corner knowing that this certain spot is going to have light on it and there'll be, you know, someone else is, is there because there is nowhere else with light in the sea. Oh, got it. So that's good. You you have a very good knowledge of your, your playground, basically, on that. Yeah, it's it's one of the benefits of shooting, you know, the same place over and over and over. No, no one visiting should know that city as well as you. So it could be even down to the point where I might might be thinking about a certain spot for one week of the year in a 10 minute pocket of the day when it's sunny 
it, it might only get light for literally that long. And there is a couple of spots like that, that you've got about a half an hour window one month of the year. And in theory, no one else should be able to get that shot because no one's going to know the light as well. Yeah, that's true. And that's, that's a very good one. There are some pretty iconic shots in New York City, you know, with the, the light hitting like dead on the, the main avenues. And it's absolutely uh, beautiful. Or Chicago. Henge. Yeah. And it only happens once a year. So it's uh, one season. And so it's, it's pretty epic to, to actually know it and pay attention to that. That's, that's a really good one. Um, so I'm, I'm curious and people are asking me right now. So we've got, um, what's his name? Uh, Silasista person on Instagram who is asking, what's your favorite camera? And I want to extend it to uh, Craig. What do you shoot with actually? I've got to say the favorite camera is the, the X-Pro2, the Fuji. It's really the first camera that I ever had and didn't have gear lost for anything after that. I mean, there was still... Oh really? Yeah, there's still wow. some film cameras, and you know, it'd be nice. To, like even using that, it'd be not, if someone were to give me a Leica, I'm not going to turn it down. But that camera, I didn't. There's nothing else I need. It does everything I want. Got it. I, I literally every time you know, like the XT3 came out, people would ask me, "Oh, what do you think of that?" I, I didn't, didn't really pay attention to it, so I don't need anything else. That's something I think a lot of us. Uh... Or yeah, a lot of us get caught into is it's just gear. Um, I I think it's it's normal. It's you know just like people who like cars, we just like to talk about cars uh, and yeah. cameras. But it's uh, it's true. At the end of the day, like especially for street photography, you don't need that crazy of a no, camera. Yeah. You don't need a four hundred two point eight lens. That's it. I think it helps. Uh, or the that. gear last side of it is is much less often found within street photography because we don't really need super fast autofocus we're not shooting sport sure it's nice to have autofocus that can can track if you need it but it doesn't need to be lightning fast it's it can you can shoot straight on a film camera just as easily now how do you how do you feel about lenses what do you, what lens what's your go-to lens when you shoot i've gone kind of between them i guess i'm most known for shooting with the like fuji's 56 which is an 85 kind of equivalent and I'm, I'm sort of known for that focal length but really all of this year I've been using the 35 so a 50 equivalent a 50 equivalent so the 35 so I've, I've gone between 35 and 50 equivalents pretty much the whole year I've almost I almost haven't touched the 85 at all <laughs> it's good to change I don't know how you feel about changing lenses if you feel like it's rediscovering your your photography or your camera but mm. uh, for me it's really about that Whenever you change, changing camera doesn't have doesn't have that much impact. But changing lens for me is really about. Uh, it's as if I started new. Yeah, yeah you time. have to, and you've got to kind of take into account the the characteristics of the lens. So if you're like me, someone who shot longer, going wider, you can't kind of you can't work on the same shots. You can't try and force that lens to do the same as the other one did. You have to really embrace the 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 distortion and the fact that you can sort of drag out the negative space with a wider lens and and play up those elements i've, I've done it throughout the year when we went to um me and josh were running a workshop in berlin i decided i was just going to shoot the 23 the whole time just to give me that little <laughs> challenge good. and it, it was great that's really cool because well i i don't know if anyone knows it yet but guys the video is going to drop very soon but i'm starting a seven days challenge with only one lens and I'm going on a trip with that. 
and uh, and I know I'm already fearing a little bit the idea because it's going to be a prime. It's going to be 24 millimeter on full frame, mm -hmm. so it's kind of wide. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting game, though. But it, it it really brings up some excitement in the game when you're changing lenses. Yes, it, it makes you notice things that that you don't normally, which is always good. Yeah, and I love what you say about that you can't force a 50 into an 85. <laughs> I've caught myself doing that once or yeah, twice. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens sometimes. And if you're used to, especially on the street, you're using the prime lens, sometimes I do kind of still see that frame. I see kind of the frame yes. of the 85 and I'll have to pull in the shot a little bit. But you you can't, you can do it to some extent. Like 50, you can kind of crop in get the almost the look of an 85 but you can't go 35 to 85 the distortion and pushing things in the middle <laughs> of the frame away you, it's just not going to work it's yeah you've got to kind of you've got to yeah no, it's not going to work there. you're completely right <laughs> i did try once uh didn't work uh how do you um someone's asking also is uh and it's a question i actually asked another photographer but i want to ask it to you again because uh, his photography, he was ben, so this photographer was Bentoir, and he shoots underwater photography in Polynesia. But you're in the streets here in Europe, so I think you're going to have a totally different answer. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, the question is from Vratresh Darji, and it's how do you add creative compositions to your everyday shots? Um, that's just being curious. It's, I mean, some of us that that frame a bit more interestingly probably look completely crazy when we're out on the street because i'll end up like closing one eye and like looking through something and like staring at reflections for ages and it's just finding things to layer up and do you do that with or without the camera i'm curious oh, a bit of both i mean the, the camera's sometimes going to stop you from seeing certain things especially like an ebf you might not notice mm -hmm. certain elements in a reflection um the one eye thing helps me because then it's seeing how the camera is going to see. Sometimes having you know, both eyes open, you don't really see how things line up in the composition. It's true. So it's I might true. sort of get the so idea you... or sort of a, a fleeting glance at something as it moves across and, and things line up. And then I'll close one eye and just sort of move around and try out some angles until something works. That's very good. That's a very good tip. So it's it's basically trying to find your compositions just... But in being curious when whenever you're going somewhere, correct? yeah. Once you start doing it, you you end up naturally just picking up on those things as well. It can be the the quickest little moment, but because you're so used to looking at that stuff, you're not noticing sort of people in the street walking towards you anymore. You're noticing the shadow and the reflection and what's in their hand and how is their jacket moving, and so you just see all that stuff naturally. Yeah, I I remember that happened to me. So guys, if you're listening, if you have never tried it. Just try try training your eye to do those exercises and, and that you can find a bunch on, on the internet if you don't have any idea. But the day you it ingrains into you, it, it gets really funny because I, I don't know about you, but sometimes people think I'm crazy because I'm gonna run and put my head against the wall or something <laughs> and they're gonna be like, What what are you doing? I'm like, Oh no, I think that's a really cool yeah. shot. I don't have a camera in the study or I just have my phone, but still the excitement of maybe seeing a shot uh is uh is there every yeah. day and available for you 24 people get 7. used to it i guess they they don't know what you're looking at but like friends will just they'll stop and let you wander off and they they're like oh he's seen something like they they know 
<laughs> I just started staring at a red glove. I was just walking with my wife yesterday and I just, there was a red glove on top of a random post in the middle of town and there was a good uh, kind of weird patterned coloured wall from some construction <laughs> and she just like took a few steps in front of me and turned around and I wasn't behind her anymore because I was just staring at a red glove. The glove, red glove is, is I mean, that's pretty rare to find. It was just sort of, yeah, right. chest height just on the end of this post. I guess someone had dropped it and a passerby had picked it up and put it there hoping they'd come back for it. And it was just, <laughs> hope you can kind of perfect. tell it's what, like street photographer's know, what the paradise. situation would have been when you see something weird like that. You just know how people would behave. Uh, with that, with a situation like that, what would you do? Would you uh, imagine you don't have your camera? Would you use your phone in that case? Or how if it was really it, that for example? that odd and the shot had that much potential, then yeah, I'd, I'd use whatever whatever I had on me. Um, at the time, without great light and without the right focal length to frame it up and everything, it just that one just would have been a bit weird. But it probably wouldn't look great. Um, so I just just carried on walking. But if, yeah, if something was was that unmissable, I just knew I wouldn't see it again. I'd shoot with whatever I have. Okay, yeah, it's uh, it's about capturing that that moment, yeah, that yeah. story versus uh, versus having the right. It's so I mean, it's so very very rare for me to not have a camera on me. So it's it's never really been a situation <laughs> yeah. I've been in. But. Really, that's pretty amazing. I think I can I can say the same thing. I mean. Worst case, I have my phone, which is, I mean, it's not a worst case anymore at all. Uh, used to be a very bad case, but nowadays phones are getting absolutely crazy good. So um, you do get a pretty wide angle most of the time, but uh, it gets also interesting for composition. I don't think you're going to have the 85 millimeter, though. <laughs> yes, we've got, I mean, a lot of them with dual lenses now are giving you kind of a 50 which i'm a lot more comfortable mm -hmm. with so if need be i could frame up something without but yeah so far i haven't needed to craig i have a question someone's asking and it's uh, from rob physio 80 so rob is asking a question which is how to find people to take photos of but i want to sorry rob i want to turn your question more into uh craig do you shoot people and how do you feel do you openly uh, show their faces or not? How do you feel about that in pri about privacy when shooting people in street photography? Oh, I, I don't care. So <laughs> it, it doesn't bother <laughs> me at all. I'm I'm just not that interested in faces. So a lot of the time, I end up framing to cut people's heads off. They're they're a distraction for me. It's it's just Got how it. your brain That's... works that you look at text and you look at faces. We're just like trained to do that. And if there's something really interesting happening with someone's sort of hand gesture. If their face is in the shot, you're going to look at that first, and that's not where I want people to look. And most of the time, that's interesting. For me, I'd rather not have a face. So, you for you, the face is more of a distraction to what you're trying yeah, to do. Yeah, I mean, there might be occasions when there's a a great expression going on, but most of the time, I'm not looking for that kind of thing when I'm out. So, yeah, you'll you'll see a lot yeah. of my shots where that's I'm shooting down to cut people's heads off, and yeah. Yeah, I noticed also. That's why I wanted to ask you the question, like, what's your philosophy around it? And I'm actually very, uh, yeah, I, I really like uh, what, what, what you're saying about um, it, it's distracting from the story you have in mind, or at least the way you look at the situation, which might be very different from another photographer who's going to be maybe focusing more on that people's face to tell the story versus his hand gestures yeah, or 
what he's it's doing and the shape and light and movement yeah. and uh, yeah even I, I love kind of the way people hold cigarettes and stuff like that that i'm more interested in than than people like i yeah it's just how i my brain started to work <laughs> i guess over time that i just saw so many people shooting the other stuff that i didn't see any yeah. point in doing it yeah and it's uh and it's about our personal preference so uh, Rob, if you want to shoot people and uh, you're a bit shy to approach them, either you get over it and go talk to people or my recommendation is shoot something else. I'll try to shoot people maybe from the back, you know, so that you see shapes, you don't see faces. That's where you, it removes that awkwardness to actually be sh shooting people in the, uh, to their yeah. face, <laughs> which I think it's very difficult. You're worried about the legal side of it as well. It all just depends on where you, where you are. There's a lot of places yeah, where, it, where we can just do whatever we want, pretty much. Like the UK and the US, you can kind of do anything. Even Germany, people yeah. are really worried about it, but it's it, there's been cases out there, so I wouldn't even worry there. Uh, there is always that privacy problem and all that. I know in France, people are very concerned, for example, when I'm around here. Yeah. Uh, they don't really like it so much, which I completely understand. But then you go to India and everyone wants to be on your phone. Yeah, you know? yeah. And some of those, <laughs> you see, especially your, some of the old masters have got you know great shots of kids playing with footballs and stuff and running through the frame. They're, they're yeah. the kind of shots you just you just don't get here. You get that in like, you go to Turkey and you go to India and stuff and they're all insisting you take a photo of them but here you just that's one of the things that's really tricky that's why I, I like to travel and it really shows you the differences also culturally uh on how people perceive uh images and how it's being used and all that uh it's totally different and uh india really struck me for people for the people who wanted them to be the most in my shots which was <laughs> which was great for me i was really happy with that craig i i got a, a last question for you it's more have you tried to move from stills to motion? Have you tried to capture a little bit of video around street photography? Not in the sense where you're sh someone shooting you shoot, but more like, have you tried to create mini clips, mini visuals from um, the same stills you would create uh, ever? Yeah, with, uh, I mean, I've done it once. I made a, a short video that really just showed the kind of scenes that I would be shooting, but in motion, um, showing mm -hmm. someone moving in and out of the light and doing that kind of thing. and that, and. Uh, yeah it'd be great to do i'd love to get more in, involved in that and the idea of doing some dop work and really controlling the light in a scene it'd be great to do that's interesting because i'm very curious when we come as photographers into the video world i, I want to know how did you feel about about the the aspect of shooting a video is it did you feel it was very different from photography or did you or how do you no, feel about it it's exactly the same it's just but you're telling a little bit more of the story of it you're actually showing how the people are moving around the scene rather than just that single spot maybe someone doesn't really understand from the photo you've taken how people ended up positioned like that but if you're showing the video you're actually seeing how people are moving around each other so it's good there's there's a few photographers i mean pinkasov is one of my my biggest inspirations and his instagram is just him teasing stuff that we haven't seen yet it's just him doing little videos of the lighting scenario that you know he's shooting some amazing stuff of but he's not showing the stills i love it oh that's great 
that's great. So it's um, yeah, I, I feel like in, in video you're able to say to tell a more detailed story, meaning you remove a little bit of the imagination that you can uh, let or interpretation that you can let people have with a photo. But with a video, it's it's more black and white. It's like this is how it happened versus oh, who knows how it happened. Yeah, that, that... Uh, this is it's really result. great when there's a there's a scene where you can't see if it's say just someone silhouetted for a split second you can't see where the shadow would actually be and someone moves through the scene mm -hmm. and then you just see that flash where they suddenly everything lines up and they become silhouetted and then they move back into the light again in a still <laughs> yeah it's just a silhouette in video that's much more interesting to see that that split second so it works really well on on moments like that or if you've got kind of nice abstracted elements glass you can shoot through that kind of thing it's great seeing it all the all the layers moving and then suddenly line up for a second and then go off again that is something that i haven't seen too much done to be honest and uh and i would like to see it more who did you say was uh was someone you you that does oh, it on instagram was his, uh, his first name but um georgia pinkasov so anyone, if she, uh, because we've got a few people who are into video also, that's why I wanted to uh, yeah. for them maybe to check it out just to have some uh, yeah. inspiration. I would on, say uh, street with him videography. With him, I would head to. He's got a book, but I would go to Pinterest, look him up. You know, see the kind of work he does already because it'll make a lot more sense when you see kind of what he's putting out on Instagram because it's it's just teasers. It really is. You, it's okay. very it's frustrating for me being you know, someone who loves his work so much just seeing <laughs> what I know is going to be gold but it might be five years before we see any of that in print and actually see what it was he shot oh wow okay that's now you yeah I really need to check that out because now I, I love being uh, having my curiosity mm. peaked because I think sometimes it's lacking well, when, where you're like instantly given the results when you, you see the, the quality of the stuff he's put out you know over the decades he's been shooting uh, the stills are just just insane but yeah I mean, then oh, when nice. he teases some new little spot of light and you can't even figure out what it is he's looking at you you know the stills are going to be they're going to be brilliant but who knows if we'll ever see him. <laughs> do, do you feel that uh, video and photos in terms of edits or maybe when you did yours, was it very similar in terms of like super strong shadows, for example? And you would basically, if you had to take a still from those frames, uh, they would look like a photo or do you think there's still a gap uh, in um, terms of the edits? I, I guess if you, if you come down to what you're shooting them on, if you, if you had the raw data there, yeah, absolutely. It would have looked, yeah. Um, and at a small okay. size, you'd never be able to tell. It, yeah, interesting. It's I was always looking for the same. It was exactly the same spots that I would have shot the stills that I was, you know, filming the video of. Um, I don't think anyone hmm. would have been able to really tell the difference. Got it, got it. And in terms of uh, like color, colors and um, and and highlights and darkness. Yeah. Is it is it the same for you? Because I, I felt I don't know about you, but I felt like when you go down towards a video, you're able actually to shoot a video with less brightness and less punch, and still get a strong message across. Versus a photo would look fairly dull if you had to take a frame. Yeah, I guess there is an, that an element video. of that. You you can you don't have to have quite as much instant punch, but then I guess it's because you've got more information. You don't have to yeah. catch people's attention yeah, quite so quickly. You've got longer to to tell some a story or show something than 
you know, one, one image as people scroll down a feed. That is very true. So, uh, Craig, I think we run out of questions for today, but uh, I want you maybe to ask a question to the audience or leave them with something, either creative exercise or something you think they should be thinking about for their next shoot. Oh, I mean, the best bit of advice as far as shoot photography goes is to literally carry your camera everywhere. So if there's someone who, who wants to get more involved in street or just wants to start noticing those things that they think they're, they're overlooking, carry their camera all the time. And to the people that need a little bit of a creative kick, that are getting bored of whatever it is they're shooting, change focal lengths. If you're using a zoom, a get a prime. One. If you're shooting 50, get something wide or go really long. You know, if you're using a mirrorless camera, you can pick up a 200 mil lens really cheap now, just some old film lens, stick it on the front and see what that, that creates. That's a good, good exercise. Everyone try that. Let us know uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, how it goes, if you like the exercise. And Craig, where should people find you on social media? Well, yeah, Instagram is going to be the easiest thing and it, it just leads out to my website and anything else. It is at six feet under and it's spelled out S-I- uh, S-I-X-S-T-E. Well, I can't, I can't spell it. It's okay. It's just like six feet. <laughs> I'm sure they'll forget. As soon as you type six into Instagram, I'm sure I'll be one of the first suggestions. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Craig. Thank you for doing that with me. And uh, we'll talk to you maybe in the next episode. All right, guys, I hope you have enjoyed that a quick episode. I want to invite you to go and say hi to Craig on Instagram at 6 Street Under. Please uh, let him know if you like the podcast or not. And also, I want to remind you, uh, share that podcast. It means the world to me. Leave it a review on iTunes, on Google Podcast. Because the more people know about it, the easier it is for me to get access to awesome photographers. And who doesn't want to hear about awesome photographer stories and ask them directly questions? So guys, I hope you're having an amazing day. Right now I am in Lanzarote. I'm going to go and shoot some street photography and make a video for you guys on a 24mm 1.4 that I'm playing with right now. I'm super excited. I've got a few also um, creators that actually went on the podcast last time. Uh, drone photographers that are joining me tomorrow and I cannot wait to be creating a bunch of epics uh, epic stuff with them so hope you're having an amazing day get out there go shoot try something different try something new and and I will see you here listen to you in the next episode see you guys bye